Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Punches and Punchlines. We're going to have a quick one for you this week. We don't have a deep dive. There was a couple of things that I really loved and want to break down for you. There was two cards on zone. This was like my farewell weekend to zone because I let my uh, subscription go on that one, Franco. I didn't want to re-up for more money to just be spoon-fed a bunch of boxers that shouldn't even be boxing because they can't fucking pass a drug test. Then also, Franco, you checked out some action for us over on the Peacock. I did. It was surprisingly good, Fritz. So technically, it's a Sky Sports broadcast, but usually it's hit or miss if we're going to get Sky Sports. Sometimes it's on the zone. Sometimes it's just on a random whatever. So this was on Peacock, but it was technically Sky Sports. And it opened. Just the production itself was so much fun. They had like, you know, if you hold a camera and you start spinning around in a circle, you stay in focus but everything else is like spinning behind you the ring announcer opened with the camera guy running around him in a circle as he like promoted the night's fights he's like tonight action is gonna be coming to you live and just going into the whole spiel and that's how they opened like that was the opening shot and that's some serious montage like top rank does on showtime or like they do on espn or showtime when they had their boxing hbo all of it was super serious And then these guys come on and it felt like an AV club got to run a boxing show. I I loved the whole vibe. Everybody who was on, they're just talking shit and saying like crazy stuff. And I loved it so much. It also kind of helped me understand why British boxing fans, why there's so many of them, why they love it because they were having fun. It's what we try to do on this podcast, Fritz. We try to have fun with something that's serious. And to be honest, it made it more enjoyable as a viewer. But yeah, let's go on ahead and uh, break down the actual fights and we can get right into it. Love it. They tell us all the time that you can't play boxing. We prove them wrong every episode with our segment called Playing Boxing. Now remind me at the end of this episode, Franco, I, I got I wrote some trivia for you. I want to see if I can if I can stump the Franco uh, because I, I got some trivia for you. Just just boxing trivia, multiple choice, nothing, nothing to sweat about. Um <laughs> But we had we had some fun fights this past weekend. If you want to start with the coverage over in London, I'd be happy to hear it. The one highlight that I saw, I thought was bushly garbage. But you tell me what you saw. Yeah, uh, I already disagree with you. But there, I could see if you only saw like a clip or the highlights or the ending. I'd, we'll get into that one in in just a second. So the first fight that came on, it was uh, Jamie TKV. And he was going up against a Ukrainian guy whose name I didn't even get marked down. It was just two big sweaty men slapping meats for it's that's it's fun to see, but it felt kind of like something that we would see on a local card. Yeah. I was in a band called Two Sweaty Men. Yeah. <laughs> was it just you and like a drummer? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was actually six of us. It was really ironic. Oh, no. <laughs> there was four skinny guys and then just two sweaty fat guys. <laughs> just a full-on ska band that was <laughs> exactly. then there was a, a women's fight that was miranda reyes against sweet caroline dubois and so the, the only is that issue, daniel's sister i think it is okay because i know that she's a professional boxer and i know that she's fought on sky sports yeah 
Okay. I'm pretty sure it's the same one because she looked familiar. Uh, she is the IBO lightweight. Uh, actually, I don't know if she's the champ. She has something. But either way, it was a good fight. Reyes was 7-1-1. One, and one. She's only 23. Uh, Dubois, 23 as well, but she was 8-0. So similar records. It it was a good matchup. There was a lot of action. I really wanted Miranda Reyes to win because Caroline Dubois did something that it's 2024, and I don't know why boxers are still doing it. Somebody needs to put a stop to it. She did the whole coming out in a sombrero and poncho thing, but she is not Mexican at all. I don't know that she's ever been to Mexico. Probably doesn't even know any Mexicans, hasn't even had salsa, and she comes out (laughs) with some racist bullshit. I don't understand. It would be like, I don't know, if um, Washington had a name called like the Redskins. That'd be pretty terrible, you know? Mm -hmm. That would never fly. No, of course not. People wouldn't even get upset if that left town. And uh, yeah, so she came out and, you know, you're not even here. Like you're trying to get heat and you're you're over in London. They, they're like, ah, we love this. It's so silly. They're talking trash about that. You're just stoking the flames. I hated it. I wanted her to lose. And then uh, the and then the fight started and she just completely dominated as much as I wanted Reyes to take it. She looked like she belonged. Like she she belonged in the fight. She didn't get completely destroyed, but Dubois was just so much better. She was fast. She was clean. Both women had power, which is always nice to see in a women's fight. We don't mm-hmm. always see that. These two were going at it, and it was great. But all three judges had it a hundred to ninety, and I can't disagree with that one. The uh, the next one though, that's the one that you saw a clip of. It was a uh, Khalid Gradia against Easy Ben Whitaker. Yeah. yeah. DJ Khaled was 10, 13, and 5, 41 years old. Ben Whitaker, 26, 5 and 0 with four KOs. So he's just getting started, Fritz. He does 26 know. years old, 5 and 0. Yeah, 5 and 0. Uh, okay, yeah, but, but you said 26, 5 and 0. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. No, he's, uh, he's just getting started. And he came out with like a cool skeleton jacket, skeleton trunks. Like it had like the bones stitched on there, right. his gloves. Had uh, skeleton hands on the gloves. He had a whole skeleton theme going. He's a big fan of Nightmare Before Christmas. I get it. Yeah. So the fight starts, and here's the problem. Gradia had zero reason to be in that ring. Like, this dude was so slow. And so Whitaker is trying to get his name out there. And right away in round one, he starts putting on a show where he's just dodging punches, like a la... Uh, Ali kind of a deal where he wasn't doing the shitty stuff yet, but was just dodge, 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 dodge and looked super awesome. These were huge shots getting thrown at him and Gradia just looked completely outmatched. And then in the second round, Whitaker lands a huge body shot, like just the most beautiful, awesome body shot. Gradia like winces. He goes down to a knee, should have stayed down, shouldn't have gotten up, but he did. And I, I don't know. It was after that, you could see Whitaker kind of started getting not frustrated, but he's he's looking at this guy and he's like, why is this clown in the ring with me? And that's when he started getting in trouble. So he throws a punch and misses and Whitaker bounces around on one foot in a circle and then straightens back up and the ref yells at him for turning his back. At one point, he like waves the guy off and starts walking away. That was in a different round. He gets in trouble for that. So he keeps getting all these warnings. He boops him on the nose like just reaches out real slow and tapped him on the nose with his glove real soft. And the referee got mad about that. I'm like, how do you even get mad about that? He touched him very yeah, gently. He knew it was being an asshole. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, that, that but that's not <laughs> illegal. Like, no, it's not. And then towards the end, that's when he starts doing like the silly stuff that starts getting him in trouble where he threw uh, like a backhand and hit him with the back of his glove. He did more dancing around at one point, put his hands down, backed himself into the corner, dodges five huge punches, grabs Gradia, throws him into the corner and then backs up while air humping. Yeah, that's when he won me back, Fritz. You know, like the other stuff it was Bush League. But the air humping and just making this guy look like a complete ass. Good. Like, don't don't agree to a fight with somebody that's that much better to you. There are plenty of guys in England that are one and five hundred and thirteen. Stick to those guys down at the local pub. Don't yeah. go on to Sky Sports. But ten and eleven or ten and thirteen, whatever this guy was, I forget now. But that he is a lunch pail boxer that this dude needs to get the rounds in if he wants to climb the ladder. You know, he's Olympic silver medalist, and we all know what the silver medalist is. He's the best loser. So <laughs> I'm not worried about that. If you ain't first, you're last. So you can act cocky all you want, but you've lost before. You didn't bring home the gold. You're the goddamn silver medalist. So, you know, stay humble until you have the gold strap around your waist. I just don't got any time for the bullshit. Like, I genuinely, like, I know we like to fuck around on the show and make fun of boxers, but I give everybody that steps through the ropes and takes on another opponent, I give them all the respect in the world, all right? And this dude wasn't even giving respect to the guy he was sharing the ring with. So I'm sure this is me being an old man saying, get off my lawn, but I I just saw, you know, the 20 seconds of it, and that was enough for me to go, I don't give a shit, pound sand, silver medalist. Yeah, I I loved it. And for anybody who gets this reference, it reminded me of Jorge Maromero Paez. I don't know if you remember him, Fritz. Oh, of course I do. Tell everybody else about it, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an old Mexican boxer. I want to say he was 80s, 90s, but literally was a circus clown and then became a boxer. If you haven't seen him, YouTube, Jorge, J-O-R-G-E, Paez, P-A-E-Z. And it is, this is like the new version of it. So if you like that, if you like bat flips, if you like reverse dunks, Ben Whitaker being a clown is for you. If uh, if you like the game to be pure, you know, you're more of a Cal Ripken fan or or I don't know who else is boring. Yeah, then uh, <laughs> then don't tune into it. Ichiro. <laughs> oh, man, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though. Ichiro is not a clown. And now now I feel bad, but it was <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I also liked that when his corner told him, all right, go on ahead and end the fight. He went out there and ended the fight. He just finished the guy off till the ref stepped in. I, I don't know. I, I put it more on the other guy for not being ready and for sucking. But, you know, it's a, a payday is a payday. So good for him. The last fights, not too much to say. There was Enoch Paulson against Adam Azim. Uh, Adam Azim looked like a Mennonite. He had a bowl cut and a beard. Okay. Well, that uh, makes sense. Fighting Enoch isn't that the last uh, <laughs> book of the Bible? Oh, maybe I don't know. I didn't go I to Catholic so. school like you did. <laughs> Public school—they don't allow that stuff. Chris. Well, they, they don't mention it in Catholic school. Enoch, you don't—you don't talk about. He's like Bruno. You don't talk about Enoch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a decent fight. There wasn't anything great, and then uh, Paulson was behind until the fifth, and then his entire shoulder dislocated. And his whole Ugh. arm was like dangling down. But the, right away, the announcers, I almost felt like they were waiting for it. They're like, oh, this has happened before with this guy. That really, he's in a lot of pain right now. That sucks. But it has happened before. So I guess like, you know, some guys, they get cut often. His, yeah. his arm just falls out of the sock. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then uh, the last one was Joshua uh, Buatzi against Dan Aziz. Buatzi ends up taking it. Uh, you would have liked this, Fritz. Dan Aziz had the short shorts and the knee socks like Hagler. Oh, wonderful. Huge, huge Hagler fan. So he wore like the exact same outfit. And then instead of uh, Marvelous on the waist, it said Sugar, his nickname. Okay. It was, it was very cool. It was cool to see the, the throwback look. And he didn't look bad. Buatzi was just way better. Like. There were definitely some close rounds. There was it was a lot of action. It was a fun fight. It's one that if you know anybody has access to seeing it, go for it. But unfortunately, the mini haggler did did not take this one, Fritz. It was a little bit uh, a little bit disheartening, but it was still a good fight. You know, I've looked into getting Peacock again. They've had you know NFL football. They've had college football. So if they're going to continue to carry boxing, it might be something worth picking up again here in the near future on our farewell weekend to the zone. There was a card on Friday night in Florida. This had uh, Dan Canabio and Filipino flash calling the action. It was really fun. Nonito Donaire was okay. calling. Uh, so the action, it was really, really good. First one I'll dive into the first couple were fine. Nothing great. But then there was Nancy Franco Uh-oh. versus Jasmine Artiga. All right. Nice. So my like, mom's name and my name. Yeah. I was like, all right, my two favorite Ocampos are in the ring. And <laughs> uh, this was a massacre, Franco. Nancy, Nancy Franco did not do well. Oh, I was hoping the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> when they got in the ring together, I'm sitting there watching and uh, my wife's in the room with, she's like, that woman's not fighting this woman, right? <laughs> she's like, she's going to kill it. So the, the bell rings, Jasmine Artiga goes right at nancy franco and megan literally covered her eyes she's like oh my god i can't watch this this is ridiculous so not even a first minute into the first round the ref waved it off he's like oh my god oh that bad this is a massacre yeah that was pretty bad and then there was joe jones versus denier Perro. that was uh ko2 it was fine aguilar versus marksman was just a fun fight all right really good fight great back and forth I love that there's a boxer named Marksman. Like, that was really (laughs) cool. Uh, It was only six rounds, but for those six rounds, I was glued to the action. It was really, really good. And at the end, it was a split draw, you know, where one judge had it for Aguilar, one judge had it for Marksman, and the third judge had it a draw. At the end of it, I I don't like when a fight ends in a draw, but this felt right. Like, neither one of those dudes should lose in a six-rounder like that. So it was really fun. But the fight of the weekend was Julian Quiet Storm Smith from Chicago, a legally deaf boxer from Chicago. He came into this fight, Franco, I think plus 1,600 as the underdog. And Velasquez must have bet on himself before this fight, too, and saw how much he was favored. Because he went in there cocky as shit. That left about halfway through the first round, (laughs) right? Because Smith scores a knockdown uh, near the end of the first round, and he hit him so hard. There was a a good right-left-right combo, so he lands a good three-piece on this dude and puts him to the mat hard, not just like a flash knockdown. Nobody on planet Earth thought that this was a slip, but this dude was so uh, buzzed by it. He's like, no, no, it was a slip. Like, yeah, (laughs) you, you literally do think it is, and that's how bad off you are right now. All right. And then in the second, Velasquez gets hurt again. Julian Smith was just being patient when 
Velasquez would get too aggressive. He'd just sit back and was comfortable working off the back foot. But then when Velasquez was trying to be the counterpuncher, he, he was not fast enough. And Julian Smith was just landing and really spent most of this fight as the aggressor. Velasquez came in just so cocky. And then in the third, it looked like Velasquez got knocked down again. Uh, but that one gets called a slip. I think he slipped when the punch hit him right in the face. He's like, oh, <laughs> it's getting slippery over here. So he went into you know, like punch, punch, grab mode, which is, you know, always frustrating as shit. Yeah. Um, so then in the eighth, they deducted a point from him. They oh, deducted the a point for the grabbing. Oh. And the call, the people calling the action, Canabio and Nonito Donaire were like, oh, you got to give him a warning first. Like, well, you're not in the ring. You don't know whether he's said at any, you know, every round, like, hey, put Holden or I'm taking a point. You know, like he could have been saying this on the way back to his corner each time. I was happy that they finally called, deducted a point because it was, he'd been doing it so much and it was slowing down any action that it was kind of a pain in the ass. And then uh, not only did he lose the point, I think he, in the, the next round, or maybe even in that round, he gets the point deducted and hits the mat. So I was like, oh, this is this is not going well. And then coming on in the ninth, this was supposed to be a 10-round fight. In the ninth, Velasquez gets uh, knocked down two more times. Jesus. <laughs> and there's only 12 seconds left. Well, he hits the mat the second time with about 12 seconds left. So he gets up, and there's not enough time to really... Once the ref says, all right, box, by the time they even got close to each other again, the round was over, and Velasquez's corner just waves it off it was yeah at the corner they're like nope this is done i loved this fight as much as i said that the fight that was before this the marksman versus aguilar it stepped it up even one more you know what i mean like it went from really fun to oh my god this is great and then the main event happened and that sucked so we'll switch over to houston now um because the main event was shit houston had a red owl boxing card going on like you mentioned earlier, the AV club, this was, maybe you had like the honors AV club. This was <laughs> like the detention AV club where these, they were <laughs> the having, kids. yeah, they had audio and video problems throughout this card. And of course they would have audio problems because it was two guys I wanted to listen to. It was Sean Porter and Corey Erdman on the call of this one. So I was like, oh, I want to hear these guys talk. So that kind of sucked. And this fight too had two gorgeous ring girls and I think their mom or their aunt. Oh no. (laughs) If anybody watched this card, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She's like, you girls can do it, but I get to come along. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like the most confident of them all. You know, it was like, you know, usually they'll just stand in the ring and smile or wave. She's like dancing and, you know, I think she did the, she did the hustle at some point. I was like, this is not going well. It was, uh, it was bad. On old Red Owl cards, I've seen where like the camera drifts and is all of a sudden only recording half the ring. Did that happen on this card? No, this wasn't that. This was uh, literally with a message at the bottom of the screen. Uh, we're working on the technical difficulties. Oh, no. Uh, please have patience, stuff like that. So in this fight, there was a couple knockouts. Gomez versus Weissman. Gomez was just way better. This was, Weissman goes down face first near the end of the first. I was like, he should probably stay down. Like, this isn't going to go yeah. well for him. And then in the second, he gets up, you know, comes out for the second. And this time, he wanted to switch it up. So instead of falling on his face, he falls on his ass this time. You know, like, it just... 
complete like whoa, whoa whoa and then falls right on his ass and then he hit the mat again face first in that second round the ref's like all right we've had we've had enough of this and then gorman versus flores gorman gets uh knocked down in the first this is what i loved about this fight gorman is was like the fan favorite where he, it was a local guy and he had all the fans in the seat. He gets knocked down in the first, a legit good knockdown. But he's a young dude, and he didn't panic and try to score his own knockdown in the next round. He just stayed the course and was methodical and an absolute pro. You know, like he didn't dance around like an asshole or <laughs> backhand anybody. I'm a like big fan just, of that, Prince. <laughs> he just stayed the course. No and, air humping. And by the no, and by <laughs> is the this end even of this, boxing? <laughs> yeah. By the end of this, it just. Gorman was up on the cards because I think it was a, a eight rounder or a 10 rounder. But by the end of this, really the only round that Flores won were the early rounds. And then everything late was Gorham. It was just a really a fun fight to watch. Was it as good as Julian Smith, you know, winning as a plus 1600? No, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but Red Owl puts on, it looks like some fun, fun stuff. They had good people calling the action. When I could hear him, I was loving it. I always love Sean Porter's call of it. Yeah. Um, you know, he has some absolute insight onto stuff and he doesn't take himself so seriously that, you know, he can't have a laugh with the, with the guy calling the action too. So, you know, him and Tim Bradley, I absolutely love for this weekend here in, uh, Nonito Donier call the action for this is the first telecast I've ever heard him on. And, he really had some stuff to say and was really a kind of a credit to the craft too. So I hope that he keeps coming back. He's a good yeah, talker. Was, yeah, it was it was really really good. And I learned something in that telecaster. Like uh, they were like, "Oh, Flash, did you hold that? You know that worry about your O over your head? Uh, you know, did that bother you?" He's like, "No, I lost my second fight, so it's like yeah. that O was uh, <laughs> didn't hang around my neck for very long." Yeah, it was it was it was a joy this weekend. And I know before we get into what's coming up, I want to see if I can stump you with some trivia, Franco. Connor Ben is your favorite fighter. Is yes, that what you're gonna well, say? We we already knew that. Um <laughs> all right. So which of these following gentlemen did not fight Alexander Usyk? Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. And this is not a Tyson Fury joke, because I've said all along that that fight's not going to happen. Oh, that's where I thought you were going with this. I was not ready. <laughs> and, I won't believe, and I won't believe it till the opening bell rings. This is separate. These are just from his box rec page, so uh, don't be cheating. These are names I pulled up off of his box rec page. So which of these four gentlemen did not fight Alexander Usyk? All right, we got Murat Gassiev, Marco Hook, Thal Sinestro, Johnny Muller. Sinestro. What? Sinestro? Yes, that is accurate. Yes! <laughs> Franco, guess right. You are undefeated in... Uh, I figure go in, with the comic book name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's he's fought uh, Hal Jordan and yeah. <laughs> uh, Guy Gardner quite a bit, but he's never fought Alexander Usyk. So <laughs> you did well. I tried to mix it in there. Uh, we'll, we'll try again next week. Maybe I'll have... The answer somebody... will still be Tyson Fury. <laughs> That is absolutely accurate. So what we have coming up, and this is kind of why we wanted to give you a, a quick episode this week, Punch Maniac, because there is some fun fights next weekend, or even just this week coming up. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be yesterday that Tiafimo Lopez uh, stepped back into the ring uh, after his retirement. He's coming out of retirement, Franco. You know, remember remember like... that whole con job? Oh, <sighs> I'm retiring. Yeah. So annoying. I, yeah. I... Uh, 
I believed it for zero seconds. So yeah, February 8th is Lopez versus Ortiz. There's a card in Newcastle. But guess what, Franco? It's on the zone. And I don't have that, and I don't oh, give no. a shit. Uh, but there is a card in London. TNT, uh, right? Shiraz versus Liam Williams. All right? So that's on uh, ESPN. We'll get, uh, be watching that one. And looks like Fox Deportes has a card from Long Beach, California. Really? So I won't be able to understand what they're saying, but maybe you can translate it for me. You don't you don't need to understand the words for it because you can feel it. You can exactly. feel what they're saying because those dudes get into it. Yeah. This weekend, uh, we got two on ESPN and we'll be breaking that down for you. Probably go into a lot of depth on the Tiafimo Lopez fight, that undercard. If there's a, you know, a YouTube feed of your local boxing gyms smoker coming up or you know you got a you got a local boxing event that we we should be checking out or you know highlights that we need to see let us know you know hit us up in the messages like subscribe follow leave us a goddamn review you (laughs) bastards you keep uh keep listening and uh, i'm waiting for that review so thank you very much to everybody for listening thanks to franco for doing all the work the newly elected delegate, Franco Ocampo, uh, <laughs> doing all the hard work, doing the good work. And uh, yeah, if you don't have anything else, Franco, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.